No offense, but you pretty much have had to have been living under a rock if you haven't been aware that there is a crisis and a call for action regarding maternal mortality in the United States. In this episode, we will review the latest data from the CDC and of course from ACOG regarding this maternal mortality and a call to action with a specific emphasis on cardiovascular disease. Hundreds of women die preventable deaths from complications of pregnancy each year in the U.S. from weeks to months after childbirth. The CDC confirmed in a report just recently released that about 700 women die each year in the U.S. from cardiovascular conditions, infections, hemorrhages, and other complications related to their pregnancies, and this can occur up to a year after delivering their children. In about 60% of cases, that's 6-0, the deaths could have been prevented, in part with proper medical intervention, better access to care, and above all, better recognition of abnormal findings. The rise that we're seeing in maternal deaths is largely due to acquired cardiac disease during pregnancy. Now, this was reviewed in the ACOG recent practice bulletin, which was called Pregnancy and Heart Disease, and that was number 212 just in April of 2019. This was also front and center at the ACOG recent annual clinical meeting in Nashville. All right, we're going to cover some pretty dramatic and depressing information because it's eye-opening. Listen, the CDC and ACOG have noted that one-third of women, remember, we're talking about the U.S., died during pregnancy. Another third died during childbirth or within the week immediately following. The last third category died within weeks or months after delivery. Now, this can happen even up to a year after the babies have been born. So the mortality breakdowns are a third ante, a third intra, and a third postpartum. Now, a quick note about postpartum mortality, because it's very easy to think, wow, the pregnancy's done, they're delivered, so the problem is over. But it isn't. Remember that experts also considered the postpartum period a time when the heart is at its most vulnerable. This is highlighted by the fact that women face the highest risk of heart failure in the first six weeks after giving birth. Ongoing postpartum care after the first three-month cardiovascular assessment visit affords clinicians the opportunity to optimize underlying medical conditions to improve future pregnancy outcomes and cardiovascular health. Now remember, stroke risk in pregnant women with hypertensive disorders is highest five to six days after delivery. So what's the take-home here? What's the clinical pearl? Just because a woman delivers, she's not out of the danger zone. Remember, according to the CDC, some maternal mortality even occurred a year after their children were born. Listen, I know this is terrible. It's eye-opening and it's depressing. But let's get back to the data. The leading cause of death was cardiovascular conditions like heart disease and stroke. This accounted for 33% of all pregnancy-related deaths. That's 33%. 
infections accounted for about 13% and obstetrical hemorrhage 11%. A cause of death could not be determined in nearly 7% of the cases according to the CDC's recent review. This is why ACOG has made a call to action for early identification of cardiovascular disease since heart disease and stroke accounted for 33% of all maternal pregnancy-related deaths. I warned you that we're going to focus on cardiovascular disease as a preventable cause of maternal mortality in this session. However, before we do that, let's get into some identifiable risks for increased maternal mortality. The leading factor, according to ACOG and the CDC, was race because the task force found that black women's risk of dying from cardiovascular disease was 3.4 times higher than that of white women during pregnancy. Being older than age 40 was also associated with an increased risk of heart disease-related maternal death by 30-fold compared to being younger than age 20. Thirdly, hypertensive disorders, which affect up to 10% of pregnancies, can also lead to maternal morbidity and mortality. In addition, pre-pregnancy obesity, increased maternal death due to risk of cardiac all-cause, especially if associated with moderate to severe obstructive sleep apnea. Rounding out the list of risk factors for increased maternal mortality are pre-gestational diabetes mellitus, a history of preterm delivery, a strong family history of cardiac disease, and exposure to cardiotoxic drugs. All right, when we come back, we're going to focus specifically on cardiovascular disease, cardiac disease, and find out what is the best way to prevent maternal mortality from this condition. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The focus on cardiovascular disease is warranted. Remember, according to the CDC, that made up up to 33% of all pregnancy-related maternal deaths. 23% of those deaths were attributed to peripartum cardiomyopathy. Now, this usually develops postpartum. The condition is characterized as a non-ischemic cardiomyopathy with a decrease in left ventricular ejection fraction to less than 45% without a previous history of cardiac disease. Once again, remember that the postpartum period is equally as important as the ante and intrapartum episodes. All right, here's how we're going to win this battle. We have to remember that this has to do with early identification of risk factors and early recognition of hazardous signs and symptoms. Normal pregnancy and normal postpartum symptoms can overlap with findings reflective of underlying heart disease. For example... 
Self-reported pregnancy symptoms of shortness of breath, of course, is not that atypical, but it shouldn't interfere with daily activities. If shortness of breath interferes with regular activities, or if it occurs at rest, or if it has paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea or orthopnea, this requires prompt evaluation. Similarly, chest pain should be considered atypical in pregnancy if you have ruled out reflux. Any chest pain or palpitations that occur at rest or associated with syncope or near syncope require prompt evaluation. Fatigue is not atypical in pregnancy, but if it is moderate or extreme, should raise a flag for more evaluation. In terms of vital signs, a heart rate greater than 120 is abnormal and requires prompt possible cardiac evaluation. Systolic blood pressure greater than 160 or diastolic pressures greater than 100, a respiratory rate greater than 25 or oxygen saturation less than 95% if that's an acute new finding all require prompt cardiac evaluation. Lastly, on physical examination, JVP should not be visible. Any visible JVP greater than 2 centimeters above the clavicle requires prompt cardiac evaluation. Similarly, on cardiac auscultation, any loud systolic murmur, diastolic murmur, or an S4 gallop requires eval. And on lung exam, wheezing, crackles, or effusion are not normal findings and that require prompt evaluation. All right, let's wrap up this podcast by summarizing a few key recommendations from ACOG regarding the handling of cardiovascular disease or those risk factors in pregnancy. Remember, a lot of these recommendations are based mainly on consensus and expert opinion. First, ACOG recognizes that optimization of maternal health begins with pre-pregnancy counseling and identifying women with risk factors for cardiovascular disease and early management of those with established disease. ACOG recommends using the California Improving Healthcare Response to Cardiovascular Disease in Pregnancy and Postpartum Toolkit. This is an online algorithm and can help guide the clinician through the care of a patient with cardiovascular risk factors or established disease. Next, congenital heart disease in the mother should prompt fetal echo and conversely, identification of congenital heart disease in the fetus or neonate should prompt screening for parental congenital heart disease. Remember, it's always important to be conservative and be at the forefront of early diagnosis and identification of cardiovascular risk factors. Next, Testing of maternal cardiac status is warranted during pregnancy or the postpartum period in women who present with symptoms of acute onset shortness of breath, acute chest pain, or palpitations that are associated with syncope. Remember, those are not normal and should prompt cardiac evaluation. This has been a call to action for early recognition of cardiovascular disease and risk factors in pregnancy. Because the maternal mortality rate in the U.S. is astonishing, we can do more to identify those patients at risk and intervene early for better patient outcomes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.